This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. I'm your host, Matt Loopy, and um, a little bit of a quicker turnaround than previously. Last week, we had the episode on Wednesday, and then Thursday with the Carson Wentz nude news um, brought you the emergency podcast talking all about the trade. A couple hours after it was digested, analyzed, we got some more information out, give you guys a podcast. So please, if you have not checked that out already, make sure you do so. It gave a full in-depth look at the trade but also how it benefits each side, um, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of information in that podcast, so make sure you check it out. Uh, It's the last episode on our podcast platform, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to right now. Check it out after this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. In the first round, whether the Eagles are picking six or wherever, they trade up or down, should that pick be offense or defense? We're going to highlight a few players that you should be looking at, and uh, really just breaking it down, where are the Eagles' biggest needs right now? Where are those impact players? And, you know, are they going to bring in offense or defense when it's all said and done uh, the first day of the NFL draft? So make sure you stick around because we got some great content coming today. First things first, I want to give an uh, update for the entire podcast. So the future for this offseason. Next week, we're kicking things off with positional reviews. We're going to be talking about the current state of the position, some free agent stayer goes, and then also looking into the draft. We're going to be highlighting names from round one all the way to round seven. Which players will be the best fit for the Eagles, whether that's day one, day two, or day three, Um, but also talking about the current state of the team. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk stats, everything. So each of these positional reviews, we're going to start with linebackers then every positional review is going to highlight a guest speaker. So really excited. Some of these guys you've heard from before on the Birds Banter podcast, some are going to be new, but really excited for this series of uh, new content, talking about all of the positions for the Eagles, um, where they need to address them in the draft. It's going to be super fun. So make sure if you not are, if you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us on social media. That's Birds Banter on Twitter Birds Banter on Instagram, or Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. Go do it right now because you're not going to want to miss any of this going forward. Also, before we get it started, I want to talk about a few other Eagles updates that came after Carson Wentz was traded. Obviously, Carson Wentz was the big news last week. Again, make sure you check out that podcast. But a few other big big, uh, moves have happened, just kind of fell down uh, because of the Carson Wentz, you know, implications of that trade. So we had Deshaun Jackson. He has been officially released. And um, this is big news because the Eagles traded for Deshaun Jackson in 2019, brought him in for his second stint in Philadelphia, and really thought that he was going to be the true deep threat um, to help the team stretch stretch the offense and, you know, give them that true deep threat that they've been missing for years now. You know, tried it out with Torrey Smith. He was okay. Mike Wallace really never amounted to anything in Philly because of injuries. So Deshaun Jackson's name was called, and I think this is more of a nostalgia trade than skill level because um, he did have a few injury concerns 
throughout his career. He never really finished full seasons consistently, but that was okay. It was always upwards of 12, 13 games. However, Deshaun Jackson was getting very old. The Eagles traded for him when he was over 30 years old. And, um, you know, the speed was still there, but the health just wasn't. His first game um, went off with two touchdowns. Then after that, he was knocked out for pretty much the entire year in 2019. 2020, they brought him back, and he again battled with injuries. And, you know, the only thing he can really hang his hat on now is that last second-to-last game of the season against the Cowboys. Jalen Hurts, the deep bomb to Deshaun Jackson for a touchdown. He flips into the end zone. Um, I think that was just an awesome way for him to end his career in Philly because it was so, so many injuries. Um, you know, people would just kind of turn their back on Deshaun Jackson, and it's not fair to him. He can't control if he's getting hurt or not. So I was glad to see him end on a high note and, um, you know, wish him the best wherever he goes. But I kind of wish that he just retired after that and, you know, ended as an Eagle. But, you know, he wants to play another two years um, from what I've been seeing. So he's probably going to want to go to a contender try to make something happen and stay as healthy as possible so you can try to get a ring. But um, that's what it on Deshaun Jackson. There was news also that Eagles are planning on releasing Alshon Jeffrey when the league year starts. Um, so Jeffrey, you know, a little bit up and down with him. Obviously, Jeffrey was a huge part at bringing the Super Bowl to the Eagles in 2017, 2018. However, after that, you know, he dropped that big pass in the playoffs against the Saints, which lost the Eagles the game. Or, I mean, nobody knows if the Eagles were going to go score, but it really just destroyed any chance that they had of winning that game. And then after that, there were some reports that Alshon Jeffrey was the anonymous source in the locker room talking badly about Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense. So fans just kind of had a sour taste in their mouth about Alshon Jeffrey. In 2020, he was brought back after injury. He had that Lisfranc um, injury in his foot. He came back halfway through the season. After the emergence of Travis Fulgham and the Eagles just falling in love with him, and Alshon Jeffrey just took almost every single one of his snaps. And um, I'm not sure who contributed to that decision, whether it was Harry Roseman or Doug Peterson, but the Eagles had a lot of money owed to Alshon Jeffrey. They tried to trade him. However, he did have over $10 million fully guaranteed to him in 2019. Um, I mean, 2020, I'm sorry. I think, I believe it was $16 million dollars fully guaranteed which looking back I mean it was never a good move to start but looking back when he was you know the best receiver on the team in 2017 you know you think you finally got that wide receiver one so you want to lock him in make sure you make sure he's paid very well and then after that he couldn't stay healthy he just wasn't as good anymore he lost all of his speed so that was a terrible decision from the Eagles front office but they did sort of right the wrongs because right after the season Howie Roseman sat down with him restructured his contract yet again and saved a ton of money um, going forward so when they cut him it becomes much better financially for the Eagles so although they did mess up significantly uh, fully guaranteeing his salary last year they did kind of make up for it and make sure that he was going to be easier to take off the books in 2021 so Alshon Jeffrey will no longer be an Eagle uh, like Deshaun Jackson and lastly some news that we just recently got that Avante Maddox actually got a pay raise with the Eagles so um, his contract was reworked a little bit. He did. He is getting some more money now. And while all these players are getting contract restructures, going downwards in money, um, also I just want to say that there's a big misconception about contract restructures. So in the NFL, it's impossible to stay under the same contract and make less money. The way restructures work is, especially with the Eagles, 
um, you add either big signing bonuses, which is going to be cash instead of cap space. And then um, also you're going to prorate the money over a few more years. These are called dummy years. So this is happening a lot with a guy like Zach Ertz. Technically, Ertz is under contract for you know two or three more years, but his real contract expires this season in 2021. So, or after the 21, 2021 season. Um, so it's kind of complicated. I would like to bring on a cap specialist this off season to kind of explain everything. But um, these these times when it seems like people make less money or more money, um, you can never go down. So with just a restructure. Um, some money might go to a bonus, some money might go to incentives, whatever it may be that um, the cap hit never really changes. It's always the cash, which is going to impact the cap hit. So um, just a little bit of a, a tidbit there. But yeah, Avante Maddox actually re reworked his deal a little bit. He's now making more money, which kind of solidifies him going forward um, with his spot on the roster. Right now, the quarterback position, which we will talk about today, is very up in the air. Darius Slay, obviously the quarterback number one. However, there are some, I wouldn't say rumors, but there are some um, articles and tweets of people saying that Darius Slay should be traded. Although it sounds bizarre, you finally have your your top corner that you've been waiting for for years. Sounds bizarre to trade him. However, I kind of do understand it. When the Eagles traded for him, they made him the highest paid corner in the league for the time being uh, before Jalen Ramsey got his big deal. So Darius Slay was getting paid top dollar, and then he definitely regressed this past season. He is still a very good cornerback. However, he is not the top corner that he used to be, that big play slay that, you know, can line up against the top receivers in the league. Devontae Adams played very well against him. Among other top receivers in the league, played very well against him. He did do better against younger, less experienced, less talented receivers earlier in the season. But towards the end, against big competition, Darius Slay could not really hold his own. So is it really smart? If you want to do a full rebuild, is it really smart to keep a corner getting paid top five at his position i don't know you know that's that's not really a position you want to build a team around especially an older corner so it's going to be a decision for the eagles front office but right now it looks like avante maddox is definitely locked in i hope they move him into the slot i think that's where he's going to excel uh the most going forward so we're seeing some big moves already the eagles releasing players trading players so what does that mean number one it means that they're entering a rebuild right now they're going to bring in a lot of younger players, try to clear up a lot of money going forward, especially in 2022. And it also means that there are going to be a lot of holes on this roster for 2021. In the NFL, you can't just sit out a season. You have to compete. You have to play all 16 games. So they have to man a roster. You have to have talent at every single position. It's just a matter of who. Now, the Eagles, they should have been doing this a year ago because their Super Bowl window was closing very quickly. Um, but the Eagles should be looking now just to the draft. They shouldn't be spending nearly any money at all in free agency. I mentioned that uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast saying that they should be signing low-level free agents to low deals, try to maximize their potential. You do not want to go out, nor do you have the resources to go out and sign a guy like Allen Robinson, someone that's going to require top money at his position. The Eagles could do that back in 2017, 2018 when they had money and they had a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. But now they're out of that range. You need to build through the draft and find impact players. So right now, the big question is, at pick number six, are the Eagles going to pick an offensive player or a defensive player? There is definitely talent on both sides of the ball. They can go either way and still bring in a big-time player that they can build a franchise around for the next few years. 
Obviously, they want to build the franchise around Jalen Hurts or whoever will be quarterback for the next five, seven years, wherever they envision that going. However, getting a cornerstone to the franchise like an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, or even a big-time cornerback will definitely help them going forward to build an offense or defense around them. So there are plenty of names on both offense and defense that the Eagles will be considering at pick number six. I don't want to say that they're going to restrict it to just offense or just defense based on their needs. However, there are some really great players. The Eagles are very, very blessed to have this sixth overall pick because there will definitely be options on the board for them whenever they're, you know, whenever they're on the clock. So starting things off at offense, what position are we going to talk about first? Don't get mad at me. We're going to talk about quarterback. So before I talk about quarterback prospects, I want to say that the Eagles are definitely going to bring in a quarterback, whether it be a veteran or a draft pick. They have to. Right now, Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback under con- contract for next season. You can't go into a offseason or a season with just one quarterback. So when the Eagles do bring in a quarterback, Eagles fans should not freak out. Everybody's going to, you know, go crazy, say Howie Roseman should be fired, make jokes about the quarterback factory. I mean, it's simple NFL rules. Like, you have to have more than one quarterback. That's just, you know, not a good move if you go in with one quarterback. I mean, that should be pretty obvious. The question is, who are they going to bring in? Right now, I would say very, very, very unlikely they bring in a quarterback in the first round. Am I opposed to it? No. Now, here's why. I explained this when I talked about Carson Wentz getting traded last week with the emergency podcast, so um, you might have heard me then. But right now, the Eagles are in a rebuilding mode. They are starting year one, year zero of their new quest to the Super Bowl, okay? They have a new head coach. They just drafted Jalen Hurts last year, but Nick Sirianni and the other head coaches, or the other head coaches, the assistant coaches, were not around last year. They did not influence that pick whatsoever. So if Sirianni doesn't feel confident he's going to work with Jalen Hurts well, why try it? Why, you know, delay the rebuild for another few years if you're going to have to go get another quarterback in another year or two. If you want a new quarterback and you see something that intrigues you this year, you have to go do it in my opinion. And that's not a bad move for the Eagles. Right now they're rebuilding. Last or not last year, in 2016 when the Eagles brought in Carson Wentz, they just traded for Sam Bradford a year or two before that. They signed Chase Daniel to a huge contract to be one of the highest paid backups in NFL history. And then they drafted Carson Wentz. Not only drafted him, but they traded a lot for him. They went up a significant amount of picks to get Carson Wentz. Nobody cared. Everybody was so excited to get Carson Wentz, your franchise quarterback, your future of the team. Even if he was going to sit out his first year, which he was supposed to before Sam Bradford went to the Vikings for a first and fourth round pick. So I don't see how these situations are different. Right now, the Eagles have a quarterback. They have a capable quarterback similar like in 2016 with Sam Bradford. Yes, he was a little bit older. Um, You know, you knew more about him than you know about Jalen Hurts now. But if you see your future with another guy right now at quarterback, you have to go do it. So right now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is locked in at number one to the Jaguars. um, No question about it. After that, it gets pretty interesting. If I'm the Eagles and I want a quarterback, I think you have to trade up to go get the guy you want. Why wait? because you're probably going to end up with Trey Lance if you wait. And although Trey Lance is a great quarterback, I really don't want to see the Eagles experiment with another North Dakota State quarterback. I mean, he's great. I think he's going to have success in the NFL. But how often are you going to pick two North Dakota State quarterbacks within the span of five or six years and expect both of them to be Pro Bowl 
um, you know, all pro caliber players. It's just not realistic. Burn the bridge, get away from that school, find someone like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields who you can actually be confident in. Right now, I would say the Jets are going to be picking a quarterback. After that, the Dolphins probably not. The Falcons are definitely in consideration for a quarterback to build, um, you know, their franchise around somebody other than Matt Ryan after he's eventually done in a year or two. And then after that, Bengals, they're fine. But there's plenty of picks after the Eagles that might be looking forward to trading up into the top five to get a quarterback. Washington, Carolina, just to name a few. They might not be content with having Trey Lance or Mac Jones lame to them, and they want to go up and get the guy of their choice. I can definitely see that happening. So if I'm the Eagles, I would want to jump the Falcons and the Jets to go get a quarterback if they choose to do so. Get Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I prefer Zach Wilson out of the two, uh, but we'll see what happens. Again, very unlikely that they're going to draft a quarterback, but it is definitely in consideration, and the Eagles would be dumb to not consider it. Keep it on your board. At least consider the position, because if you're not confident in Hurts, might as well blow it up right now. Next up, offensive line. Really the only realistic option at number one or number six for the offensive line, if he's there, is Penny Sewell. So Penny Sewell did not play in 2020 because he opted out due to COVID reasons, but in my opinion, he is the number one offensive tackle in this class. Rashad Slater is definitely sliding up boards and is considered the number two, maybe even the number one uh, by a few opinions, but Penny Sewell is the top guy and many people view him as a franchise left tackle that can be there for 10 years, wherever franchise he ends up. Um, I would say the Dolphins would consider taking him. The Bengals, if they pass on him, you know they're just making a terrible decision for their franchise and their franchise quarterback. So I don't think Penny Sewell will fall to the Eagles, but if he does, I would value him more than J- uh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, any impact, elite, skill player that you can think of on offense. Penny Sewell is more important. Here's why. Right now, Jordan Mailata, yes, he is the future left tackle of the Eagles. I think it's his job to lose. Lane Johnson on the right side has been battling with injuries. He is getting older and is going to have a significant cap hit starting in 2022. I don't think his future with the Eagles is going to be uh, you know, lasting very long. So after that, Andre Dillard. He has not had many Many snaps in the league so far, he missed the entire 2020 season when he was supposed to step up and be the starting left tackle. We don't know what the Eagles have in him. We don't know if the new coaching staff trusts Andre Dillard. So right now, you're looking at, yeah, if you draft Sewell, you're going to have four starting caliber offensive tackles on the team, which that's kind of crazy. But we saw this year especially, offensive line is a very, very, very important position to have. The Eagles struggled heavily because they had so much you know, so many injuries, so many different combinations on the offensive line all season. You saw in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs depleted on the offensive line, Patrick Mahomes could not do anything when he was under center. So, you know, it's not the sexy pick. It's not a skill player. But Penny Sewell will have a bigger impact on the Eagles for the next 10 years than anybody else would. I strongly believe that. Outside of the quarterbacks, the offensive t- tackle, I really would only consider drafting three other guys on offense at pick number six. First of all is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, we talked about him before. We did a draft review on YouTube for him. My notes on Jamar Chase, I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft class, and he'll be drafted as so. Teams will view him as number one. You know, he's huge. He's got a big frame, um, decent speed, awesome route running. He has a large catch radius. He can bring in almost everything, and he has awesome an awesome release at the line of scrimmage. You know, I'm, I'm really interested to see 
if he can run in the four fours in this year's uh, pro pro day or whatever he's competing at. And if he does, he's definitely going to be a top five pick in my opinion. Chase is extremely talented. He's extremely NFL ready, and he can fit into just about any single NFL offense, a true X receiver that can be moved around like crazy. He has a chance to be a top receiver his rookie year, and he will make an immediate impact. I think right now the Dolphins should be looking at him, the Bengals, but he will not fall any further than the Eagles. I strongly strongly believe that he's going to be a top six pick, um, obviously the most polished, the most talented receiver in this class. And there are a few injury history, or a few injury concerns with Jamar Chase, but if he can run very good at his pro day and look healthy, then I think teams would definitely consider taking him top six. The Eagles are definitely in consideration for Jamar Chase. Next up for offense, we have a wide receiver from Alabama, and it might not be the wide receiver that you're thinking of. It's not Devontae Smith. It's Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddles quickly became my second favorite receiver in this draft class. He has passed Devontae Smith on my boards. Um, I think he's the fastest receiver in this draft class. He's really quick off the line of scrimmage. If you guys get the chance to watch him, he just explodes. Um, fastest, Probably the fastest 20-yard shuttle we will see in the entire pro day combine um, process that we have in 2021. He's super dangerous in space, and you see like Nick Sirianni loves getting his players in space in Indianapolis, so he would really, really enjoy having a guy like Jalen Waddle on his offense. He's also also really good at working back to the ball and presenting him, himself to the quarterback. He's not just somebody that's going to run a fly route every single time, a post route, and try to go deep. He's always working in the middle of the field, working back to this quarterback like Mac Jones um, did in 2020. He did spend a lot of time on, on the bench because he was injured for most of the season, but if he gets back to full health and can run very well at his pro day, he's going to be drafted very, very high, and I think he was going to be drafted above Devontae Smith. Overall, Jalen Waddle's not as versatile as most other receivers are, especially when you look in round two. There might be more versatile guys, but Jalen Waddle is just much, much more talented and much faster than him. Um, very few defensive backs are going to be able to keep up with him. He's going to be doubled and have a safety over the top almost immediately in the NFL. And my concern with Devontae Smith, like many people, is his frame. Um, he's, he's tall, but he's super lanky. And that really concerns me at the NFL level because I heard a quote, I think it was from the Draft Dudes, um, their podcast from the Draft Network. And when they're talking to coaches, one message that is always beaten into them is coaches saying, big people pick on little people. So when Devontae Smith gets to the next level, if he's unable to add at least 15 pounds, I would say 15 is a good number for him, then these top corners, these physical corners are going to have their way with Devontae Smith. And a big hit might knock him out of a game or potentially an extended period of the season. I'm staying away from Devontae Smith if I'm the Eagles. The last offensive player I want to talk about is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the tight end from Florida, but he's not really a tight end. He can line up at X. He can line up uh, in the slot at tight end. He can run block. He can do just about anything. Um, if you want to compare him to an NFL receiver or an NFL tight end right now, Darren Waller comes to mind, but I think he's more explosive, more athletic than Darren Waller. And that's impressive because a lot of people view Darren Waller as a third best tight end in the league right now behind Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So he's in very good conversation there um, as he projects into the NFL. Kyle Pitts, a lot of people, I'm glad to see Eagles Twitter and just draft Twitter in general start to latch on to Kyle Pitts and understand that he is a top talent in this in this draft class. I think him and 
Jamar Chase are just about tied right now, skill level. Um, Kyle Pitts is a little bit more versatile. He's a little bit bigger. But, um, you know, Jamar Chase is just a special wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, I think, you know, I've mentioned him before. I've talked about him before. Um, Eagles should definitely consider him at number six. A lot of people are against it because he just has the label of being a tight end. However, if you watch him, he can do anything a wide receiver can, but he can do a lot more because he has the frame. Um, he's super fast. So I would just encourage people, just go watch him. Um, that's That was the big thing with Jalen Rager last year. Everybody got so caught up in other people's opinions saying Jalen Rager is not a first-round pick. Eagles take him, and Twitter just about exploded. Um, okay, it's not looking great for Jalen Rager right now. He needs to bounce back significantly, but people that – didn't understand that Jalen Rager was a first-round talent, just didn't watch him. Go watch him. Go watch what he does when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Go watch how he gets open. Um, Kyle Pitts is definitely a big option. And before you say, the Eagles have Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz is gone, no matter what. Who's your second tight end after that? You bring back Richard Rodgers? He was good for like four games with the Eagles out of like a three-year stint. It's not going to work. The Eagles love running 12 personnel. Sirianni is going to run 12 personnel. The Colts did it all the time. You want somebody talented. And Kyle Pitts is not just a tight end. He can line up almost every single snap. And the Eagles will use him at X, at tight end. You name it, he can do it. He's going to be an extreme weapon for Jalen Hurts. And I think, you know, him and Jamar Chase are up there. My top options there at number six. Before we move on to defense quickly, I want to remind you guys about our sponsor, Manscaped. Hey, fellas, we are in the thick of winter and a storm's a brewing. It looks like three to one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's Performance Package is the best buy of 2021, hands down. The Performance Package comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that lawn nose hair is a major, major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools for the job. This bundle also comes with a Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking around in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on ball toner for your balls. It is made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up to you and say thanks. Don't get cold feet this summer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website, from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code PHL. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. All right, we're going to wrap this up now with defense. There aren't a lot of guys that will be considered at number six, in my opinion. There are three that come to mind. So 
normally at the top of the draft, there's always going to be a cornerback or two. Linebacker, not so often. Um, and then defensive line is always normally always up there. This year is not very strong for defensive linemen, especially in the first round. Um, I think the, the best lineman this year is Quiddy Pay from Michigan. That's in my opinion. And um, I don't see him touching the top 10 at all. So the Eagles won't be drafting a defensive lineman if they stay at six, um, in my opinion. I mean, you never know. You never know what happens on draft day. But Quiddy Pay probably won't be an Eagle. Um, they don't. They really need defensive line help, but they don't need to reach for somebody um, in the first round like Quiddy Pay or uh, any of the Miami guys. They're both very good. However, safeties also not really a top 10 conversation this year. It's interesting to see how defense has played out. So the three guys I'm looking at, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, and Micah Parsons. So first up with Caleb Farley, he is my favorite cornerback in this draft class. Um, if he didn't miss the 20, I believe it was 2018 season with a torn ACL, man, he would be the undisputed number one corner in this draft class. I think he's the best. A lot of people have Patrick Sertan over him, but that could be a little bit of recency bias. They were able to see him this year as a top corner in Alabama system. Uh, but Caleb Farley, Really only one year of extreme production at Virginia Tech, and that came in 2019 before he opted out for the 2020 season, but he played super well in 2019, enough to be drafted top 10, and he has all the measurables desired to be a top five pick, in my opinion. If he uh, runs well at his pro day, my number for him is 438. If he can run a 438 or faster, he will be drafted you know, top eight, I would say. Um, that would be the type of talent that people would want to trade up for. Unfortunately for the Eagles, the Cowboys are going to end up with one of these cornerbacks because they are very, very in need of a cornerback. Um, you know, something bad that could happen is if Kyle Pitts falls to them. They would probably take Kyle Pitts. But assuming Kyle Pitts is off the board, the Cowboys are likely going to get their pick, or not their pick, but whoever falls to them between Caleb Farley and Patrick Zertan, both of them are very good. Um, Caleb Farley is a rare cornerback with speed and size. Um, he can flip his hips, run with almost any receiver, but he has the physicality and the size to, you know, get those pass deflections, be a solid run defender. Patrick Sertan is really almost identical to Caleb Farley. He's a little bit smaller, but he does have some speed, not as much as Farley. Um, very good in man press coverage. Both of them are super good man to man, but I did notice that Sertan gets beat over the top a little bit more often than Caleb Farley does. Caleb Farley, honestly, he can be left on an island year one. Eventually, once he goes through off-season programs, he can be a number one corner on a team year one. That's how good I think he is. Patrick Sertan, he does have the potential to be a number one corner. However, the first year, I think he will need to be shadowed uh, by safety and make sure that he has some help over the top because he does get beat quite a bit. You got to make sure that he's not going to you know, give up too many big plays. So you can't really go wrong with either of these guys. I think they would both be a very good option. And I think... Just like offensive tackle, cornerback is not the sexy pick. However, people kind of forget how bad the Eagles secondary was last year. We saw many, many teams just blow up the Eagles defense, and the Eagles offense wasn't good enough to come back and uh, make up for it. So if you add another really good corner to number one, learn from Darius Slay, but also start year one because they don't have anybody to start um, opposite Darius Slay right now, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, I would value Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts above Caleb Farley. However, if one of them are gone, both of them are gone, whatever the situation is, 
man, Caleb Farley would be special with the Eagles. Um, he would be very good for years to come. And wide receivers are interesting because first-round wide receivers don't always pan out to be elite talents like you project them to be. Most are found later in the draft, day two, day three, and they just surprise a lot of people. Cornerbacks, however, they, you know, they're more rare. Elite corners are more rare than elite wide receivers, and it's so hard to get your hands on some. So I think if you have the opportunity to grab a projected elite corner in Caleb Farley, I would definitely do so. Um, so that, honestly, he is the only reason why I'm thinking the Eagles would consider taking defense in the first round. Sertan is good, but Farley is much better in my opinion. The only other defender that the Eagles would potentially consider is Micah Parsons. I talked about him before, and I'm not, I don't know. I'm not super high on the Eagles drafting Micah Parsons. Number one, I think he's more of just a rusher. He's really good in run defense, and he can blitz the passer. Um, really, really good at rushing. Getting into the backfield, finding those gaps, shooting the gaps, and just making plays happen. However, he can't cover. He's too big for it, and you know he just doesn't have the coverage skills, especially man-to-man. It's not going to happen. So right now, with how bad the Eagles linebacker group is, I would think they want to bring in somebody with a little bit more versatility like a Zayvon Collins from Tulsa in the second round, if he falls to the second round, or like a Jabril Cox, who it seems like every Eagles fan is just obsessed with right now in round two or three, um, rather than getting just a rusher like Micah Parsons. Parsons, I think, has the ability to be one of the best linebackers in the game, and people's, some people say that he's going to be better than Isaiah Simmons, um, who was a premier pick last year in the draft, linebacker from Clemson. However, I don't think the Eagles are looking for that kind of linebacker right now. He's an impact player. Yes, absolutely. But right now, their pass rush was very good. Don't really need to add to that. Right now, they need help in coverage and in the secondary. So I don't think Parsons really fits that mold unless he was somebody who could drop into coverage and play uh, like, you know, Jeremiah Wusu Kamara, um, the linebacker from Notre Dame. He's more of a coverage guy, but he's not going to be in consideration at number six. So right now, offense just to go over some things. Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle. Those are the four that I'm considering. Defense, Caleb Farley is number one. Pretty big gap until Patrick Sertan. I think Sertan's still very good, but it would take a lot for the Eagles to draft defense in the first round. So I think that's why if they don't get their number one corner and Caleb Farley, if he's gone for some reason, I don't think Sertan's going to be the pick. They'd probably look for somebody else like Jalen Waddle at that point. So right now, leaning very heavily towards offense, but some people tend to forget how bad the Eagles' defense was last year. They definitely need some help, whether it's going to come day one, day two, or even day three. We will yet to see what happens there. Um, But right now, I think the Eagles should be considering very heavily taking offense. There are more options on the board at number six and just more talent that can help set you up for the future and be a better football team. So those are my thoughts. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, Birds Banter on Twitter, Birds Banter PHL, on Instagram, interact with us. Uh, Definitely appreciate getting feedback and knowing that you guys are enjoying the podcast. So thank you so much for the support. Keep it coming. Love to see it. And uh, again, like I said, we got some positional positional reviews. We're going to do mock drafts. We have a ton of content coming your way. Um, Hopefully trying to get two podcasts a week. So uh, stay tuned. And um, yeah, make sure you subscribe on any platform. Uh, Appreciate you guys and go birds.
Two.